Hi there. Welcome to HR Shop Talk. I'm your host, Andrea Adams, and we are going to talk about all things HR here with smart guests who know what they're doing. You can also interact with me on YouTube. Today, my guests are Heather Dranitsaris Hilliard and Dr. Anne Dranitsaris. They are the leaders of Caliber Leadership Systems, and one of their specialties is dealing with complaints. Another is dealing with organizational dysfunction, which we'll talk about in another episode. Hi, ladies. How are you? Great. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Can't wait to, to dive into this subject. Right. And I'm, I'm excited to have you because, you know, a, a career in HR, man, I've had a lot of complaints. So mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> let's, let's uh, talk about this. So I know this is a broad generalization, but tell me what is usually happening when someone complains to HR? If it's coming from the employee perspective, it's usually that, you know, whatever's going on, I somehow feel powerless to do anything about it. And so by coming out and, and into HR to complain, I'm basically saying, you know, here, come rescue me, <laughs> right? I, I can't do this and I need someone to rescue me in this moment. And then me in HR going, I can't rescue you. What do you think I can do? So, so it, an- it, it, it's really interesting. Sorry to, to interrupt you there. No, go ahead. So what's, what's most interesting about complaints that come to HR is they come in the form of a story generally with an employee representing themselves in, in a particular way. It's not as though they come with a help me with this problem that I have to solve. It's more of a you know, coming from a place of hardship as though something terrible is going on, which is a challenge for HR to really distinguish there between what's the story, what's actually happening, you you know, in the example of a manager who's being complained about, is that the actual behavior Or is the person telling the story in a way that makes them look like a victim, that they're powerless in the situation and they can't do anything about it? And as Heather said, you have to jump in and rescue them. But oftentimes what ends up happening is that the the issue isn't emerged in a conversation like that because it's so easy to get pulled into that story, isn't it? Well, (laughs) yeah. Did I just eye roll there? (laughs) It's so easy. And, and, and they are so certain when they come to you that absolutely as HR, it is your obligation to do something. So when this happens, what do you see HR doing? and, And mostly, I suppose, what pitfalls is HR falling into? One of the things that we often see is, as Anne said, you know, the employee comes with a story, but part of that story is they've already made judgments about it, right? It's like my boss is bullying me or, you know, my my boss is being unfair or there's this other layer to it. And what 
HR will often do is again in this climate of we have to be also very, very supportive is they will take it at face value what the story is and what those judgments are of the employees and and not ask the questions about, you know, what is the actual issue that is going on? And, And so oftentimes employees are presenting these complaints because Maybe their manager had a performance conversation with them. And then now they're showing up saying my boss is micromanaging me or bullying me. So there's there's this whole sort of range of activity that's actually gone on that led to the employee to come forward with the complaint. But we HR gets so focused on I have to hear them. I have to empathize with them. I have to, you know, and 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 there's that. Oh, I you know, I can't believe you're having this experience. And they go into apologizing for the employee, which, again, sets up this notion that the employee is right and the other individual, the manager, the the coworker, whoever else is involved in the story is wrong. And I think that's a big risk from, from HR's perspective is we can empathize without, you know, you know, by saying something like, well, you're having a real, it sounds like you're having a challenging time. Let's try and figure out what the issue is and what are some things we can do to solve for it, right? Without acknowledging and talking to them as though they are right with their story and the judgments that they've put around that story. Yeah. Um, I also feel like when they had, they come in and they're in such a state, they're so worked up about it. And I almost feel like while they're trying to pull me as the HR person in emotionally, how can we avoid that happening? You know, it's really helpful. And we introduced the, the dra- drama triangle very early on into our relationship with, with our HR clients, because when, once we see that, you know, part part of the those positions of the drama triangle for, for those who aren't familiar with it is the victim, which mm-hmm. in some cases is the employee, other times yes. it's, it's the manager, the victim, the victimizer, the villain of the story, and mm-hmm. the rescuer, which is the, you know, that, that's you in HR, that you're being called on to rescue. And, and once you start seeing any issue that's coming to you through that particular lens, it's an automatic way of going, okay, I have to pull back and not fall into and and rescue the challenge for for hr people if if an in particular when an employee comes in and they're very emotionally charged if you don't show just enough empathy you can be turned into the the villain as well absolutely and, and so you see those roles and and all of a sudden it's like oh I'm being cast into this role. Okay, I'm not playing that part. I'm going to see how gradually I can move them over into talking about what are the objective facts of of the issue and not how you feel. Can I I jump in here? Because that brings up a question. So when they come at you and they're so emotional, um, they either want you, it's either you rescue them, you solve my problem, you empathize with me and you be on my team or you're the enemy. And that's very unproductive. To join them is also so unproductive. How do you find a, a safe middle ground until you know the facts? 
Well, it's not safe, yeah. but anyways, how Go do you, ahead, how do you manage that? <laughs> Talk about the notion of bridging language, right? Yes. Because it, you know, again, is if you've got someone who's in that heightened emotional state, and if you come at them with kind of logic, in, in it, you're not bridging, right? And so that's why I'm right. saying you, you meet them to a degree where they are. It's like, sounds like you're having a really challenging time and I'm hearing what you're saying. And I'm really interested in working with you to resolve whatever issues are leading to how you're feeling, but I'm not getting engaged in the feeling, right? I'm not saying, oh, you know, you poor thing that you're experiencing this, or I'm not, you know, it's, it's, I can acknowledge their experience. It's like, this experience sounds like it's difficult for you. So, but that's it. That's all I need to do is, you know, because that's their experience and that's what they're feeling. But then I can go into, let's talk about again, what, what some of the actual issues are, let's talk about, you know, what we may, might d- need to do as a next step. So we're moving out of sort of focusing just on the feeling and cause you know how they'll get, right. Yes. They'll start repeating themselves and they'll go round and round. And it's like, okay, let's, let's go into talking yeah. about next steps. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. So, so making them feel like they've been, they're being heard, but I'm not stepping in and rescuing you. I'm, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to facilitate, but, and again, I'm not going to stay so objective and so removed or discount what you're saying in a way that, again, you turn me into, to part of the villain in your story as well as Anne said. Right. I find that if sometimes they get, they get, if you don't join them and you don't tell them they're right then they get they just get more angry i mean that's well, a hard it, it it is very challenging and and we we also have to always watch out for pseudo feelings that i feel like you're not listening you know i feel like you don't like me i feel like you're on their side and those aren't really feelings these are judgments or conclusions a person's drawing but it's easy for for someone who doesn't have say non-defensive communication skills or even the skills to diffuse someone's emotional state, if they don't have that, and as Heather said, talking them down, right? Making that bridge to, wow, you know, you're really, really upset about this. I wanna hear everything about it. Where do we start? And you lead them where you wanna take them, you Mm -hmm. see? And that the minute you start moving and being in control of the conversation and they'll pull you back and then you pull, but you, you always have that place of this is where I want to get to. I actually want to know what is really going on Mm -hmm. and not the story and not the pseudo feelings. Right. So you were just talking about, uh, leading them where you want to go. But if they're super escalated, do you have any suggestions on how to break their sort of state of escalation and to bring it down? Uh, I'll jump in on this one, Heather. Yeah. Sometimes naming, you, you know, you seem very charged up right now about mm-hmm. this. Is okay. there something, you know, would you like me to get you a cup of tea? Is there something, you, you know, to bring you down so that we can talk about this and mm-hmm. talk about what's going on with you in a more productive fashion? Again, we're we're leading the conversation, you see, not being in that place of responding and empathizing, right. but it's it's recognizing and letting them see how charged up they are so that 
Uh-huh. And that usually gives them pause. It's like, oh, you know, how am I presenting myself here? Right. Maybe I should dial it back a little bit. Right, right. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure that would totally work. I'm going to try it sometime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any, I mean, we've talked about what the HR person shouldn't do. We've talked a little bit about what they should do. Is Do you have anything to add about what, they should be doing when faced with a complaint. I think one of the things just, you know, picking up on what Anne was saying around, um, you know, when we're dealing with the emotionality of the person that's coming in is self-awareness. So as an HR person, we need to be aware of some of our own triggers around, you know, if someone comes in, is emotional and is crying, what is the reaction that we have so that we can sort of check our own reactions and to be more effective in responding in that situation. I think that's really important. And I know when I I first worked in HR, I had a very low tolerance for people crying when they came in to talk to me. (laughs) And I would want to get them out of it and over as fast as possible. But that was about me, right? So I was bringing myself, my personal self and my difficulties with navigating other people's emotions into it, which would make me feel even more standoffish. I'd have a harder time empathizing. I would just want to get to the root of it, fix it, get on with it. And so I think one of the things that we, you know, self-awareness, understanding our own triggers so that we're not getting pulled into the drama triangles and talked about um, because of what's triggering in us, but also having some of this language. And, And one of the things that I did was in order to help me in those situations is I learned really memorized in my head statements that I could use, right? As a way of helping with that transition. So while I was developing the skill to do it, I started off with having in my notebook, some of the things that I could use to sort of redirect the conversation, some of that bridging sort of language, like, you know, like we were saying, well, you know, wow, you're, you know, you sound really upset. Sounds like you're really struggling in the, in your experience with this. This is, this is where I want to take you. And so by writing those down and being able to refer to them in that moment, it helped me navigate past my own fight, flight, freeze reaction when someone was presenting me with a complaint and, and along with that complaint, that emotionality, right? You mentioned some of those statements as we've been talking statements uh, that you use when someone comes in your office and is, you know, really worked up about something. Uh, what are the best ones? Well, in addition to those that, that Heather said, and, and to just to carry on with that self-awareness piece, that, that the minute we recognize that, that we're reacting um, and that we might not know what to do or say, sometimes it just helps to think it's not about me. It's not about me, oh, yes. <laughs> which is, yes. you know, which is very, it, it helps to depersonalize the situation that that we need to focus on them and what what's going on with them to separate out what is happening with the story that they might be telling themselves about it and you know just just as a, a matter of course any any statement that will help you take a step back whether it's mirroring by saying you know, it sounds like you're having a hard time, or if that was going on with me, I know how upset I would be. 
Mm. You know, depending on the scenario that's being presented, which is a validating statement, but it's not saying I agree <laughs> that that's right, going on. Right. It's a, it's a, those words that it, it seems like, and if that was, and, and using words like that, that, that join, but don't affirm the story that's being told. Hopefully we're in the, at that point where we validated the employee or empathized anyway, and uh, we're they're calm enough that we can start talking to them about the real issue. What are some of the questions we should be asking to uncover what the real issue is, which, well, and it may be the employee. Yeah, and, and, and it, it may well be the employee. Um, and, and, and that's where we also, you know, as again, part of helping them understand the process, right? Is like, even in that initial conversation, we might not be able to get to the real issue. So we start talking about the fact that what we're interested in is now that you've told me what you've had to say is we're interested in, in figuring out what the issue is and how do we resolve it. And in order to do that, these are the steps that we need to take because, you know, the employee has built themselves up to come in and present their story and in, in a particular way, obviously to put themselves in the best possible light. And we need another, we need to hear the other side of it. Right. And, and that's part of it. And so we, we sort of say is, so tell me what else, like what led to this? So let's go back a little bit. Cause often they'll start their story at this point, or they'll, they'll, do us like we we had a you know a, a client where an employee came in and said you know my boss is bullying me um and they're being really disrespectful to me and it's like okay well tell me about what exactly she did and what exactly she said so let's get into the facts of it and then right. you know as soon as they're doing generalizations it's like okay i you know i hear yeah. what you're saying but can you say can you give me an exact yeah. example and then if i get that exact example well i met with her yesterday and she said I Okay, fine. What happened before that? Hmm. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. what led to X being said, right? Or what, who else was in the room? Or so give it, give me more of the facts. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we want to step to. And, and, and again, be really, really mindful of when they are using judgment language um, and or conclusion language, right? Is she said this because she wanted to bully me or oh, she wanted yes. to make me feel bad. Or, yes. you, you know, again, that that's the continuation of their story around what actually happened. And so we just keep di- redirecting. I said, okay, I, I hear what you're saying. And that's how, how you've, you're feeling as a result of it. But can you tell me what he or she actually did or didn't do. Um, and that gives us something to then move over into, okay, my next step is I need to go have the conversation with your manager. This is what's going to happen next. So making it really clear at all points in the conversation that we're not taking their side and that there's multiple steps to this process. It's not just here, come dump and you're going to fix it for me. Right. Right. And just in addition to what Heather's saying, it's sometimes useful at the beginning of a conversation to to say, you you know, are you coming to unstress or are are you coming for advice on how to resolve the issue? Because sometimes, and, and this is really important when a leader comes to HR, because sometimes they do just want to unstress and and they don't want to talk to a peer because they want to maintain that image of themselves as having everything under control. And so they'll come and complain to HR, but they really don't want any advice. 
They might want you to rescue them and you go and talk to the employee (laughs) and and fix it. Yes. (laughs) However, you know, making that distinction and it's just, okay, if they're saying I just need to unstress so that I can hear myself thinking, then you can just sit back and enjoy the conversation. Mm -hmm. That's, that's great advice. Um, So we're wrapping up here. I guess, I mean, there's been so much in this conversation. I am, I'm going to look forward to editing this one just to digest what you've had to say, but is there any other bits of wisdom or advice um, you have to offer to my guests? One of the things I want to just mention on it, you know, again, complaints are symptoms that there is something going on and, and it usually it's a dynamic right between two people and Mm -hmm. we, our employees and, and even leaders, they don't often look at their own role in what is leading to the complaint. So one of the things that from an HR perspective is we have to get really comfortable with saying to employees, you know, it's, it's like you, you should expect your manager to give you performance feedback. You should expect uh, your performance to get corrected. You should. So if you look at some yeah. of those things that they're coming to complain about, part of it is sort of like, you know, how dare they talk to me like that? And how, you know, don't they know oh, how absolutely. great and wonderful and perfect oh, I am? Yes. That's the only message I've ever received my entire life. But so, so sometimes with HR in, in, in trying to navigate both sides and seem like they're neutral, they miss out on that place where they really need to be leading things and and defining and directing things to closure. And so employees leave with this idea of, see, I'm right. And they shouldn't be talking to me like that. And they shouldn't be managing my performance because HR misses that window to actually step in to lead in that moment, in that situation. Mm -hmm. And do you have anything to add there? Yeah, I I heard this many years ago. Someone said that complaining is like adult crying. (laughs) And that, you know, it it comes from that place of, you know, powerlessness of, (sighs) I just just don't know what to do. And I'm going to go and cry to HR. I'm going to cry to a peer. You know, I'm going (laughs) to complain. But, you know, we, we have this bias against complaining because as you, you know Heather Heather said and many people experience this I don't know what to do when someone's um, complaining and so I just want to shut it down as opposed to you know there is something underneath every complaint that needs to be heard mm-hmm. and and in leading people to what that thing is we move them out of the emotion into the ability to solve their issues. Well, thanks, Heather and Anne. That was just so satisfying. We've reached the end of this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time when I talk shop with another insightful guest.